Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is scheduled for, you know, an hour and a half, probably. Introducing first, from London, he is, oh, I can't think of anything to say now, it's Joe Taylor. <laughs> oh, he ran out of steam there, but it was good effort. Um, that was, of course, Mr. Howard Finkel joining us on the podcast. Not joined by, um, of course, Mr. Barry Murphy, who's off on a jolly uh, this week. Yeah, but I'm yeah, Paul Griffin. Boys I'm, not, I'm not really Howard Finkel. You might it's have thought the, it was. It's the binky boy, Howard Binkle himself. Oh, uh, Paul, Howard, Howard boy Bink. Paul Howard Binkle Griffin, as we call him. Uh, I, never him that. I do have a, a lineage of ring announcers in my family, so... Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. That was a very poor attempt to do like a little funny intro in lieu of the funny intro giver being absolutely... It's not as easy. It's not as easy as it looks. No, it? no. Um, see, what yeah. happened, Joe, was I tried to do a little joke. I tried to do scheduled for an hour and a half. But then doing that threw me off and I couldn't think of anything yeah, else. You just lost the, lost the plot there. Anyway, you got Townie and Griff Griff. For another week, I, I remember Joe last time was just two of us. It was an absolute banger of a show. Oh well, of course, of course, no, no so, wait. Just, I'm uh, expecting the same again. We have lots to talk about. We got, um, we got lots to talk about. We got two big cocks, and this is going to be a best podcast ever. <laughs> Little cock is out the window. So it's two big boys. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be a blue podcast, is it? We're going to be very blue. Uh, yeah, we're throwing the old uh, parental advisory sticker on this one. Um, which, by the way, I was reading, I saw a thing about that the other day, like when it was invented, the old parental advisory uh, oh, sticker. Right. And it's just like, could you have invented something that looked any cooler than that logo? Because it was obviously intended to, you know, warn fam- parents about, you know, albums their kids should be listening oh, to. Yeah. But it is like the coolest thing I can remember. And I only remember seeing it used in like a very ironic way, like yeah, explicit lyrics, bitch, parental advisory, motherfucker, like on a t shirt or on, you know, right. Eminem tattooing it on his ass or something. You know, that's that's my mem- memories of that. Is it though because it's everything that's appeared on since is very cool that yeah. makes the, you know, logo itself seem cool? Or is it. A good logo because it's just like black and white text. I love a nice little yin yang. That, that almost it's almost like the um, kind of toxic, you know, low like toxic chemical logo with a skull and crossbones kind of on it. It's like I, the black yeah. and white capital letters. It's just, it looks like an NWO. <laughs> yeah, I've I've brought it up here, and no, it is just very cool. It's a very. <laughs> it's just, it's, I think maybe yeah. they got someone to design it who was like. A bunch of fucking squares. <laughs> really badass. <laughs> it was like a two pack with a fake nose and a mustache. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, it's going to be a filthy podcast today with uh, Dorty. filthy, yeah. filthy Palm, filthy Tom, filthy Paul, filthy Joe, uh, and yeah, lots to discuss. All the guffs, the filthy guffs. Yeah. Um, plenty to talk about. Well, the guffs themselves are. are less filthy than you might. We're going to have to add extra dirt on top of them because, you know, I went for a jog this week. Isn't salacious or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's not about... Oh, I... Well, I'll, I'll throw a little thing. I have... You I'm throw not... a little thing. I bet you did. 
Joe, we're supposed to pretend we got big cocks. What are you doing, mate? Um, I have done a number of occasions. Um, I've been out jogging or walking late in the evening as the darkness falls um, in the park, but also uh, by the canal near here. Mm. And sometimes when you're out for a long walk, Joe, you as a long walker will know. Oh, yeah. Luke Longwalker. That's me. So, sometimes nature calls, and you gotta out in the open, let it out. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, got, sure. Sure. You, sure. You gotta let the pistons loose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, I never. It's weird. I never have that problem. Um, well, have you, as I've a never, drinker, I've never been? I've never had to pee during one of my long walks. But have you ever been out on? the adult alcoholic beverages of a night yeah and felt the need ooh hang on a second i oh, need to course, do a yeah. little public yeah 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 okay. yeah many many times of course best part is when you've got like a, a sort of group of you and you all have to go at the same time and then you have like three and you can lads. see their knobs oh lovely oh and you just <laughs> but you just see you know the steam gently rising off everyone's piss as you're in, <laughs> in, as you're in an alleyway or something you know very fun i've never experienced that i i've never uh actually done it you know like you see mm. i can't say in movies what well, i don't know what movie <laughs> uh, i guess you see when you're out like I, as a non-drinker when you're out you do see you know the the forearm up against the wall oh yeah you know but i've never actually done that on a night out i've only ever done it in the dark and you know covered by the the protective layer uh, of darkness that night mm, does bring mm. and been in, in a public space such as as i said the park or the canal and whew, take care of myself in fact one time i was out walking in the park and it was real foggy like i couldn't see fo- i might have talked about it on the podcast at the time couldn't see like mm. five meters in front of my face so that was a, a little spooky one because i didn't know if someone was going to come suddenly out of the fog and yeah. what crap you know <laughs> well that would have been too or bad just, or just see <laughs> often time joe i've begged, i've thought about that <laughs> you stood there for two hours <laughs> that single grab what is going on oh no i paid good money for this fog and i've not been grabbed once um anyway let's let's get on to the the actual life guff so i i have been jogging joe this is part of um my sexification Sexification uh, October. Yeah, it's like well, not October. It's gonna keep going, but um, after no, after after October. But I've upped the ante. I've been jogging. Uh, I've done three five Ks this week. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm straight up to the five Ks. Uh, I've only done like six jogs total now, in about five years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I I did jog. Um, when we were living in in Rahini, probably three years ago. I did I, I did some jogging then, but I never went over like two and a half K. Yeah. Um so this last week I started um you know, one K, two K, nothing crazy. And I was talking to um some of our mutual friends uh about jogging, trying to get some tips because mm-hmm. you know, I was I was doing the um the smaller distances, not particularly quickly or not particularly mm-hmm. uh um 
I wasn't uh, trying to do them very quickly, nor was I doing yeah. them quickly as a result. But I, I was like blown up, like you know, mm. no BS, Paul White after three minutes of action, or Goldberg, <laughs> the icon Goldberg. Um, so I was wondering, like, what is is there a way to is there a specific way to jog differently than what I'm doing that doesn't result in the old fire lungs and you know the legs begging for mercy. Mm. And uh, basically, the the advice I was given was like, actively try to go slowly, you know, because yeah. I, I had in my head that I was going slowly, but it was like, if you can like pay attention to the slowness and be jogging, but like the first step above a walk, I guess, mm. that you can do much longer distances and not be absolutely destroyed by it. So I took that advice, and I went from like. 2.2 kilometers straight to five with nothing in the middle. Uh, not a great time, of course. Like, I remember when I used yeah. to properly jog, however long ago, a decade ago, maybe. Um, I, I never got sub 25, but I was kind of knocking on the door, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe I was in the 27 minute range. Uh, this was this was 33 minutes to do five kilometers. So it's not, you know, I'm proud of the accomplishment of doing the five kilometers. Mm. Uh, but the time, the time has uh, you know got a bit of wiggle room to improve. So I've done it three times. The first time was thirty three, thirty three. The second time, which was the following day, I knocked over a minute off. I think I did thirty two, twenty or something in that range. But then the third day, which was yesterday, uh, I was even slower than the first day because my legs were still sore from doing two five k's <laughs> in a row with no build up. Yeah. Um. And the knees, oh, the knees. I yeah, wear. Knees. I have to wear my knee supports because the knees are no good these days. Oh, no. Looking around. My, Terry uh, Funk just <laughs> walking down to the <laughs> staggering down. <laughs> no, I'm very Matt Hardy these days with the oh, God. sideways legs. Um, no, I wear the knee supports when I go. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I my goal at the moment is sub 30 minutes. I think that's yeah. doable. In maybe another, I don't know, three or four goes. But then the, the the thing is that I'm still, even though my endurance has kind of has has improved, obviously, because I'm now consistently doing five kilometers, where I was doing like the first jog I did, which I talked about last week, I was like as blown up as a man possibly can be after doing yeah. may, maybe a kilometer. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't sprint that kilometer. You know what I mean? But I'm still lugging around, you know, 195 pounds of blubber. Pure blubber. So even though the endurance has gone up, the wear on on the knees will still be there until mm-hmm. the 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 body starts the to attune itself, you know, accordingly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, like the good the thing about jogging that uh, always uh is is you know a two sided sword. I don't know. What's the phrase? You don't say two sides. Double-edged. Double-edged sword. Double-edged. Sword. <laughs> Double this sword's got two sides to it. The east wing and the west wing. Imagine a one-sided sword. <laughs> this sword doesn't exist in two dimensions. Um, but yeah, is the, the, the double-edgedness of this particular blade is that um, when you get to the point where you can do five kilometers, once you reach that and break through that barrier. Uh, jogging can be quickly become very like addicting, 
Um, and it, it doesn't be, you know, it doesn't become that like chore that exercise or working out can sometimes feel like. I'm sure it's, it's the mm. same with like going to the gym and so on. Once you reach a certain point of I can do this, uh, it's it becomes less of a slog and more of a, you know, yeah. a challenge yourself. Oh, what time can I do? Da, da, da. The other edge is that getting to that point is very hard. And the first few jogs you do are uh, the most painful experience you may ever have. Mm, mm. Um, my God, after that first jog, I was coughing, spluttering. My lungs felt like they're on fire. Yeah. I, could, I could barely breathe. My legs were destroyed. Um, but I'm in that, you know, that place now where where I do enjoy a good a good half hour jog, get out of the house. I have I have my same route that I do now, mm. which is so I, I kind of know where the markers are of one right. kilometer, two kilometers, so I can kind of pace myself and I've learned yeah, I've learned where the kind of downhill parts are. So I can kind of pace myself even even so much that way. Mm. But I, I I do two kilo, two and a half kilometers in one direction and then I follow that same path backwards. Mm. I use the little Nike running app to give me a. You have one kilometer, the time ten minutes. Better speed up, fatty. And uh, that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, I've also been doing this new job. What I got oh, yeah. the other week. Yeah, I'm liking it. It's it's um it's very different to what I was doing before. Even though it's still to do with delivery. Which is a concept that I was not familiar with before I started my previous job. The idea of like service delivery as right. a job. But um I must say, whereas my previous job had a lot of work that was uh not so much like combative, but because I was working as kind of a middleman between two sides of you know, two different companies. Mm. It, it would sometimes be a bit of a chore to be like one side will be like, okay, we need to get a feedback on a certain happening. Why did this happen? Blah, blah, blah. And you have to go to the other side and get that. And sometimes we like push back on it mm. or sometimes that you won't get a reply and you're constantly, you know, trying to, um, trying to please both sides. Whereas this new job is, is the most collaborative I think I've ever felt in a job. Everyone has the same goal. Everyone wants to help everybody to let's do it. If you need anything, give me a shout, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if that's just a facade for week one, but it seems like, oh, this is a very different way of working. Uh, A much better way of working where everyone seems to be pushing towards the same, you know, because it's project work, everyone's pushing towards completion of the project. That's good. Yeah, it's a very much more relaxing way of working, even though the responsibility is much higher. Mm. And the you know the tasks are more important and all that. Um, just from a pure way of working, I find it kind of much much less stressful. But we'll see once um, deadlines and stuff start getting close. I'm sure it'll be a fair, <laughs> more fair whack of uh, stress. All right. Where's the fucking project? Where's my fucking Excel file, you bastard? Um, however. I mentioned last week that the contract and all that hadn't quite been figured out yet. Still the case. Um, I, 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 no, no, no. I did get the, the name on the contract, says Griffin. says <laughs> <laughs> Peter Griffin. <laughs> the guinea pig sand contract. Um, no, the, the, the offer did come 
and I'm in the process of uh, accepting it and going through the various HR machinations of giving my notice to the old company mm-hmm. while agreeing like the start date and all the details with the new company. So the initial contract came through, but there were still some things, some little things to be ironed out. Uh, nice little six thousand euro raise though, oh, nice. per year, which is pretty nice. Um, so I've now, since I started working in the previous company a decade ago, I've now doubled my salary, nice. uh, which is you know it's not massive by any means. I was on a terrible salary when I started, to be <laughs> but now it's doubled, so it's okay. But we're slowly, slowly getting there. Every new position i do is is kind of one step towards not only you know obviously better money uh mm-hmm. better recognition all that but this job specifically is the kind of the first one where i feel like all right i'm working with some important people here a mm-hmm. good job could lead here to something you know further better more money etc so this is this is um this feels like a real uh you know aside from the job itself and aside from the salary this is the first one that feels like there's maybe more to gain from it if it all goes well. Mm, interesting. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, it's funny, though, because it, it's very much a... Um, it's very much a kind of uh, uh, ambiguous role, I guess. Like, I know mm. I know specifically the tasks I'm doing. Sorry, I'm not reading my mic stand. I know the tasks I'm doing. It, it's very much like project manager or junior project manager. That's that's what it is. But on the mm. contract, the official title is like um, desk side support engineer level three or something. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> I'm not going to be giving support to anybody, and I'm definitely not a level three of any kind. But apparently, you know, it's it's just the company has these like slots that Mm. I, I'm brought in basically um, under some nonsense title to do the work for this company that this company needs me to do. You know, yeah, it's very, it's a very uh, weird situation. But I'm look six six thousand euro extra a year. Yes, please. Do it, do it. I'll do whatever you want. Um, and then we have some upcoming plans or upcoming news mm-hmm. over the next few couple of weeks. So. Uh, we're gonna get. We're gonna have a little break in the house of the the sleepover doggies. We're not gonna have oh, yeah. any sleepover doggies for about three weeks after. Or the one we have at the moment is Julie, who's like a very tiny dog who doesn't take up much space in the room or generate. We had two dogs yesterday. Sleep. I couldn't sleep. Two dogs giving off the all the heat in the world, like the heat of the sun, basically. This little dog, no problem. And that's going to give us more freedom, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, that we didn't have before. So, um, 16th of October, which is this coming Saturday, we're going to see No Time to Die. No Time to Die. Which I believe, preview, I believe there's a review coming up today. There'll be a review coming in the in the movie buff. Of that very movie. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see it on Saturday this week. The Saturday after that... Little Paul Griffin is going roller skating. What? Yeah, so there maybe won't be a podcast that weekend if I end up in the hospital. Yeah. But if I if I survive it, I will let people know how my roller skating adventure got on. This is like the first real activity that I will have gone and done since like COVID. <laughs> so I'm very excited to go yeah. give the roller skating a try. Uh, and then it's Halloween, obviously, after that. The week after, we have our Halloween costumes. 
um, which are we are the shark. We got shark costumes. Uh, apparently, there's a shark costume from some Katy Perry music video. I don't. I don't know what. Song. Oh yeah. What song is it? Left Shark is the name of the song? No, Left Shark no. is the name of the I don't know. what. Anyway, it's a funny looking cartoon shark, and I like it. I don't know about Katy Perry or anything, but I like a, I like a shark costume. So we, we both <laughs> got shark costumes. So that'll be coming to the gram uh, nice, nice. around Halloween time. And I, and I don't know how, how, you know, maybe by then I'll, I'll be a little bit more informal with the, with the groups from work. Maybe on Friday before Halloween, I'll work in my shark costume. Do all my video calls dressed as a shark with all the head honchos of the the nameless company that I'm working with. Um, oh, that's, that's fun. Yeah, life goes well. The problem is that I I when we used to be in the office, I used to go in in costume on Halloween. Oh yeah, um, I went in. <laughs> <laughs> the cheapest one. I just went in one one year with like you know the old bed sheet over the head, eye oh, eye holes no. cut out. But I sat there at my desk <laughs> on the computer dressed as a ghost. Um, oh, I'm sure I did other costumes, but I can't remember them now. But um, now that it's working from home, maybe I'll get away with dressing up as a shark. We will see. Do you have any life guff yourself, Joe? Um. Not not too much going on. Um, as you mentioned, we did go see uh, No Time to Die last night. Um, it was, was... We were kind of planning going to see it in London because Michelle went to get her hair cut kind of in the city in, in central right. London. And I said, well, let's go, you know, let's go to a cinema up there and see it. Very popular movie because everywhere was booked. We could of not course. get... We could not get two seats together um anywhere except Cineworld, which was uh 25 quid a ticket i said no, thank you I'm not playing it's not a fucking theater is it is, is daniel craig gonna be on the stage i don't think so um so i said oh sorry just we'll we'll see it locally uh, and even there it was still quite busy but um there was a local uh, picture house cinema chain yeah. um which I actually have a membership for the local one um still haven't used all my free th- I, I signed up during covid uh, for membership and got four uh, free tickets which I can use and still hadn't used them all so luckily mm-hmm. I, I used those which is good nice and um yeah so we went there and that was a very nice experience very busy um we were actually sat right in the middle we got a you know seat right in the middle aisle right in the middle of the screen which is nice where we did have people kind of right next to us and I was like mm, social distancing got used to that now I've got to sit next to people again but um yeah it was it was fine it was a good pretty good cinema experience um what i like about that cinema as well is they re- they turn all the lights off like there's none of, sometimes you get the emergency kind of yeah. lights are left on and it's quite bright and you think well you know it's a bit annoying but there it's like pitch black like you there's a couple of lights on the side but it's very dark and it's a, it's a really nice kind of experience so yeah i'll review that once we get to movie guff but um the experience was good and afterwards we went to a little American restaurant called Five Guys. Oh, um, lovely! Which is oh god, we're looking forward to that for. Let me tell you, oh. many days. And I actually had for the first time there, I had the hot dog. Um, oh, decided to try that out because I'd never, I never had that before. Okay. Um, so they do like a beef hot dog. Um, get it with bacon and cheese. Um, so I tried that and it was, it was good. Um, I probably will be going back to the burger next time we're there. Okay. Sure. However. I did enjoy the hot dog. 
Um, you know, it comes with the usual stuff. You get all the, the same kind of toppings on it, whatever, whatever you fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of smaller than I was expecting, though. It was not a big wiener. Uh, if I <laughs> Unlike it, ours, as, yeah. it was pretty small. And I think I, I did have a hot dog once at uh, Shake Shack, um, which was right. really, really good. Uh, it didn't quite stand up to that one, but very good. And the fries are great. And we also had one of their milkshakes for the first time as well. Had a banana chocolate milkshake, which uh, I have to say was delicious with uh, a yeah. whipped cream on top. So it went down very, very nicely. Um, yeah, and uh, Michelle greatly enjoyed hers as well. Have a nice, nice milkshake. I don't always like the milkshake with the burger and fries because you sometimes want a nice, refreshing beverage to wash it down. But uh, this time, you know, milkshake, it was, it was very good. It was very yeah. delightful. Um, and then got home in time just to see the second half of the the England game, where they give uh, Andorra a whooping. Oh yeah. So yeah, very, very good Saturday, uh, all in all. I was going to ask you when you were talking about cinema. I was going to be like, and more importantly, what was eaten? But uh, you, you got us there. We, yeah, we will also be, uh, as when we go to the cinema, we will also be visiting Five Guys Burgers and Fries. That's oh yeah, that's the deal because uh, we used to go to Cineworld in City mm. Center. We had the unlimited cards for that, but uh, since COVID came to town, uh, we we canceled our limited cards. And since the cinemas have reopened, the one that's actually closest to us, which is which is View, which is a you know a chain, for yeah. those who who don't know about it, uh, their tickets are only like six euro, mm. which is too good to turn down. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also, uh, uh, Five Guys Burgers and Fries just opened like two months ago, not twenty five meters from the cinema. <laughs> oh, perfect! So that's the new arrangement now. Is we get the bus up to. Uh, up to Liffey Valley Shopping Center, where both of those are located. Mm. Wander across, get ourselves a Five Guys, then mosey into the cinema, and uh, have a great day. So, yeah, it's it's on the 16th when we're going. We don't quite have the tickets booked yet, but I'll probably book them maybe today or tomorrow. Uh, 16th, though, is also the return of the Premier League, Manchester United against Leicester City. So it might have to be an evening job. Mm. <laughs> we might need to uh we don't get the bus until five o'clock until after the football's over. But we'll see. Um have you been enjoying the break from the Premier League or Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't enjoy watching Manchester United anymore. Well, so, just uh, for the last two games, certainly. Well mm, probably the last eight years since Ferguson No, Joe, bring yourself back to that Newcastle game and the joy of oh, Ronaldo. Da, da, da. Uh, yeah. We'll no, see. I, we'll see. I no look I, from my point of view. I, I, I definitely think, I definitely think Ole has taken has taken the the ship as far as she can go, but I, I, I don't want to be overly cynical either. Mm. Um, football is one of the great joys in my life. I, I love, yeah, you know. Whatever the result, I love the build up to oh United are playing today. Uh, or, you know, if United not playing, if there's a big game at the weekend, oh Chelsea City or whatever, Chelsea Liverpool, oh big game, sit down and watch that. So uh, you know, obviously results being what they are, feelings change, but I do want to remind myself that, you know, I, I do enjoy the football. I don't want to get too uh, too uh I do, I do I do get excited for it, but I think it's a bit it's not just so much the results as well, it's just they always play so kind of 
listlessly. Like no, you know, not it's not swashbuckling, it's not attacking, there's no Well, you know, you know what it is? Mm-hmm. It's it's either that or like United seem to only win five nil or draw one all. And there's no in between. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. They're not capable of you know, with 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 some exceptions, like the last minute win against uh, Villarreal, but generally they're not capable of the old, ironically, the old Jose Mourinho, like two thousand and five, two thousand six Chelsea, mm. you know, force out a one nil win. You know, um, they they either like with Leeds Newcastle, they either smash a team or find it incredibly difficult to win at all. Yeah. So that's what I would like to see. I would, I, I would like to. I'd take less five nil wins for a few more like two ones. Well, I think that's what happens when you have a when you have a system that works. You know, you kind of replicate those results and you do win, even if when the players don't turn it on. Yeah. If you've got the system, you can still win one nil or two one or whatever. And so, yeah, I think you're right. It's you know when the players are all performing well and they they're all talented players. So when they do the, the business, yeah. it really comes together. But it's just kind of hit so hit and miss, but. Yeah, uh, well, obviously I'll be I'll be watching the games, but just yeah. not with us as much gusto. Yeah, it, it's definitely a little bit of a like some of its parts. With a good mm. system, you can be more than some of your parts, and definitely seems yeah. like United are less than some of their parts at the moment. Uh, anyway. Speaking of, of sporting events, I did watch Ooh. this morning. Uh, I didn't stay up to watch it, but I oh, watched the this boxing. morning. The yeah, the old Fury uh, Wilder. Mm, I didn't watch uh, it myself. It was a lot better than I was expecting. I kind of thought uh, Wilder would have sort of shot his bowl and not, you know, having lost the previous one, that he yeah. just wouldn't have it. But he, he came out and he fought very hard. You know, he went 11 rounds. He was absolutely shagged out by the end. He was <laughs> just absolutely blowing. I don't know how he was stood, standing up. Um, so it's kind of inevitable, I think, that Fury was going to, you know, hit him with a, catch him with a few punches and, and put him yeah. down because he just didn't have the... Uh, the wind in him to go 12 rounds but um yeah much better much better performance than i thought he would but yeah fury rightfully won and um yeah very very kind of fun fight yeah i saw wilder got like a 10-7 in the fourth round he knocked fury down twice right yeah yeah he did knock him down twice and he he was in trouble a little bit fury at that point but um I think it was that thing people talk a lot, you know, about Wilder's kind of right hand. That's his big weapon. He's got such a powerful punch. But he's knocked Fury down probably, I don't know, three, four, five times now. And he, he's yeah. got up every time. So <laughs> well, there was powerful. The, you know? There was the famous uh, yeah. Undertaker, Undertaker sit-up at yeah. eight of the count or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. The previous one. Um, so... I didn't watch it myself. I heard it was a great fight. I was kind of hoping that Wilder would win. Um purely because you don't like gypsies oh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't like i don't like their royalty um no Is because man, how can you root against the man united fan um quite easily it turns out oh. um, i was hoping because joshua lost that i thought it would be funny if tyson fury lost as well because of right. the, the hype over their fight. Wouldn't it be funny if they just both lost? And then yeah. they can have their fight anyway. They have their loser fight. But now Fury's won, so... Oh, funny Anthony Joshua wasn't such a bum. And uh, I think... I mean, I do like... I really like Fury. I think he's he's just a very good boxer. And it's because he's got the, you know, the dad bod that people think he's not a great heavyweight. But as we know, we know that, you know, if you've if you've got the bodybuilder physique, you, you can't... You're not... 
fifth to go 12 rounds, you know. Yeah. That's, that's why awesome. most athletes use, or a lot of athletes you see, they don't have that kind of, you know, eight pack physique because you just get blown up in two minutes. You know, that's why a lot yeah. of UFC fighters look relatively ordinary in terms of the body. They don't look like some, well, they don't like Vince McMahon, basically. <laughs> they, look, they look like athletes. Are you telling me that, you know, Hulk Hogan has never won a marathon? Ooh, probably it's not. always them little Kenyan fellas. What's that about? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's true. When you when you see the Olympics and it's the long distance runners, it's all they're all very lean. Very, yeah. very lean. So that definitely goes towards uh you know endurance. That's why my jogs don't <laughs> go the same way. I'm big <laughs> big hefty boy. But um yeah, then at the same time the sport is is kind of half that, but then half have the power to punch another man into unconsciousness or woman. Mm. Um. Anyway, we're moving on. Uh, we got some music goof. Uh, listen to one new album this week. Uh, not really a new album technically. It's actually a re-release. Uh, it's Reverb on the Click by Rudy and Blitz. Mm. Uh, for people who've never heard of it, it is um a side project. Well, it wasn't at the time, but I guess you could kind of retroactively look at it as a side project of CKY guitarist Chad Ginsberg. Uh, this mm. was his band pre-CKY. They made one album, Reverb on the Click. Uh, I think they made it with Columbia Records, and then there was some kind of issue where the album was never released properly, and the rights then reverted to him. So mm. he's now done a full remaster on it, put out on Spotify and the likes. Uh, he's having quite a good year, Ginsburg, I must say. Um, not, you know, commercially, but creatively, all the stuff he's put out this year has been great. He put out uh, a reissue, a remaster of his uh, solo, his 2015 solo album, Rock and Roll Alibis, which which I really enjoyed. Mm. Uh, he put out a single called Cindy, and now he's put out Reverb on the Click. Uh, what I'll say about this album is I, I again, really liked it, but the, it's not my first time hearing it either. It's my first time hearing the remastered, uh, reordered version of it. But um, it's actually the, t- the time I've listened to it that I've most enjoyed it. Um, before, I was kind of aware of it. I never really deep-dived into it. But I had, or deep-dove. But I had, um, you know, I was familiar with it. I knew a knew fair decent of the number of songs and quite liked some of them. But this mm. time, I could really like pay attention to it and give it the time that it needed and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's um, what I would describe it as. It doesn't sound anything like CKY uh, or really Ginsburg's like solo stuff. So if you have that kind of expectation, it's, it's not that. If anything, it sounds a bit like um, like feeder or bands of that kind of sound and that kind mm-hmm. of era, but with a very clear like Nirvana influence. So a lot of the um, like chords used and the kind of vocal mm-hmm. melodies used are very reminiscent of like maybe like never mind era nirvana mm. it's very nirvana <laughs> um so i would i would actually recommend it more to people who are into like that nirvana <laughs> i don't think nirvana and feeder have probably ever been likened before but if you're into like feeder or you're into nirvana this is kind of a half and half with like a sprinkle of primus on top um Ooh. and doesn't sound anything like cky which is uh Shame because I really like Seekaway, but I I would recommend the album. I think it's a good little listen. Uh, it definitely is very raw. It's it's not a super polished 
um, rock record. I mean, this is done by three guys in their very early 20s in the, I think it's like 94 or something. It was made in 95. So it's very, mm. very raw. But it's, it's, a good, it's a good little, a good little listen, I will nice. say. Nice. Um, you haven't listened to any music yourself? Well, I know, Joe, you do be listening to the music, but anything um, this week? Nothing really notable. Um, I think problem is Spotify, basically. It's just ruined music because I just put playlists on. Of course. And, and I, was really, I saw an art, I didn't actually read the article, but it described kind of Spotify has basically turned everything into background music. And I think that's quite true for me because I just put on one of my curated playlists yeah. and then I don't kind of pick up on any of the songs, you know, until someone actually mentions, oh, have you heard that song? I'm like, no. Yeah. And they play it and I go, oh, yes, I've heard that about 800 times on Spotify, but I have no <laughs> idea what it is or who it's by or anything. Right. So, um, I mean, yeah. I agree because I, I do, um, I just flag songs as liked and then I have my liked song playlist that has like 4,000 songs in it. Yeah. And I'll just let that go. But, you know, Spotify at the same time, if you if you seek out individual records or whatever, you you know, I, I don't think the... Um, whatever you want to call it, algorithm, whatever. I don't think it's particularly good for recommending you mm. stuff that you would really be into. Like it does, it, and I'm talking about like albums as opposed to obviously you, you get your curated um, song playlists. Mm. But for example, this this uh, reverb on the click, excuse me, I only knew that it was out because I follow the guy on like Twitter and Instagram. Spotify, despite me, I think CKY are like my second or third most listened to band on Spotify. So despite that, it didn't recommend me this album in my in the new releases. So it's a bit hit or miss, mm. I suppose. Um, let's talk about the television. Because um, I want to talk about The Simpsons. Oh, let's talk about it. And I want to talk about a specific episode of The Simpsons that I don't think we've... We, gets enough love whether it's from us or or generally uh that episode is lisa the beauty queen mm. um which i watched i don't know why i picked it specifically but this, i just I, I i had watched um camp crusty again because i think camp crusty is like season four episode one i think lisa the beauty queen might be like episode four of that season give or take mm. uh camp crusty of course is a wonderful episode yes um, guest starring Mr. Black. Um, but Lisa the Beauty Queen, I think, is is one of the rare Simpsons episodes that is simultaneously very, very funny, but has a real moment in it, like a real heartfelt moment that kind of mm. elevates it above, this is a very funny show. And, you know, the obvious example of that that people will use is Mother Simpson, end of the episode, Homer sitting on the bonnet of the car looking up at the night mm-hmm. sky and a little tear comes down Paul's little face but then I drink the tear and it makes me strong and that's an occult an old Conan O'Brien bit uh, but Lisa the Beauty Queen has a similar thing to that um, so I'll quickly go through it I recommend if people if you haven't watched Lisa the Beauty Queen um in, in recent times, like people, you know, the people do their like their watch through of Simpsons. Maybe they don't. Maybe just what we do. <laughs> but I think people do. Um, pause the podcast now. 
boot up the Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, season four. I think it's season four, episode four. I'm not sure on the exact episode, but um, go- just Google that quickly first. Watch Lisa the Beauty Queen. Um, and pay attention to the bits that like are, are the serious bits. And then I'm going to explain why it's good. So go do that now and then come back. <laughs> Okay, you're back. You've watched it. Wasn't that a good episode? It was, eh? So, the thing about Lisa Bukreen that... And I, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying I didn't cry when I watched it, okay? Mm. Confirm. Natty's confirming. There was no crying. But, let me tell you. I was... Before we watched it, I was explaining to Natty what about this episode that I liked. And I nearly cried just saying it to her. And <laughs> watching the actual episode. So I'm going to say this to you, the listeners. This is what I like about Lisa Bukri, Okay. So it's like one of the only episodes of the show's run where Homer is like a good father in the episode. Mm. Um, the opposite of which has been the, the plot of many an episode. Homer the bad father. Da, da, da. So this is the episode where there's it starts with like there is a uh, school fair or something going on and Lisa gets her picture drawn by like a caricature artist and she thinks she's ugly and so her like self-esteem is is rock bottom um she's like sitting in the kitchen looking at the back of a spoon her image is all warped she's like oh i'm hideous um homer is like you know he goes up to see what's wrong she's in bed crying one night he goes up to see what's wrong with her and she's like am i ugly and he says no you're cute Mm -hmm. as a button and uh she says, oh, fathers have to say that. And of course, grandpa walks by and he, he says, am I cute as a button? <laughs> no, you're homely as a mule's butt. <laughs> Which is great. And so Homer's in Mo, uh, in Moe's, uh, presumably later that night. And he's, he's uh, you know, morose. He's looking at the TV and there's the, uh, the commercial, which is a, a very thinly veiled cigarette commercial. But it's like, we're not, we're not officially allowed commercials. So we're running this uh, beauty pageant for, you know, girls age, whatever, seven to nine. Mm-hmm. And Homer, who earlier in the episode at that same school fair, had won in a raffle a trip on the Duff Blimp, um, trades it to Barney for $250. Barney, who has that money because he's been going through like lab testing or something. And so Homer uh, sends in the application for Lisa to do this beauty pageant. Lisa, again, who's who's really, really uh, depressed because of her, her self-esteem issues. And Homer comes home with the, uh, the, the print-off or whatever. And he says, Lisa, what would your number one wish in the world be? And she says, to be swallowed up and never seen by human eyes again. Uh, was your second wish to go <laughs> to the Little Miss Springfield pageant? And of course, she storms out. She's, you know, enraged about the whole thing. And then you have where the, the bit begins that I think is like this top tier Simpsons where where Simpsons becomes like a real a real emotional drama as opposed to like a kind of slapsticky boobery show. And so uh, <laughs> Marge is like, how could you do this? And he says, I think she'll win. Like real earnestly, Homer's like, I think she'll win. And uh, she oh, says, "I don't care what I don't care what anyone says. She's beautiful." And Marge says, "Oh, you're looking at her with father's eyes." And he says, "Well, if I could gouge someone else's eyes out and look at her with them, I would. But to me, she's beautiful." <laughs> Which is a great line. 
But then, and here you have the real scene. You have Marge and Lisa sitting in Lisa's bedroom in the dark. And Marge gives her the 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 real pulling on the heartstrings line. And by the way, Ricky Gervais, if you're listening, take notes here. How to actually do emotional TV writing, not oh, Coldplay plays. And, oh, it's the dog dies. Um, what happens is Marge says to Lisa, you know, look, if you if you don't want to do this pageant, you know, no one's going to force you to. But do you know how your dad got the money to send in your application? And she says, no. And Marge gives her the line that, oh, I'm getting emotional now even thinking about it. He sold his tickets to the Duff Blimp. Oh, man, let me tell you. And then the episode from then on is is, is still very funny. But uh, just those, those little two scenes back to back, I just think are like, oh, so, so good. Top, top tier Simpsons stuff. I love when the Simpsons, um, as I said, can like a show as as goofy as The Simpsons is at times, or as smart in a comedy sense as Simpsons is at times, that sometimes it can really tug at the heartstrings in a, in a way that mm. many comedies and many cartoons do not. Um, that's my little recommendation, people, to do this week. That's your homework for this week: is watch Lisa the Beauty Queen. Yeah, and, it's funny uh, when, as you mentioned that we um, when we did our rewind of The Simpsons, um, that was one episode that I'd completely forgotten about. I was just yeah. Something I'd ha- I was like, oh yeah, Lisa the Beauty Crack. <laughs> One of those kind of, um, you know, post the early years, as you say, getting into the the kind of Simpsons as we know it. Yeah. Where like a bit like Cam Crusty, where you just go, oh yeah, can we forget about this one? And it does have the heart, but also the, oh. the very observant gags and everything. Oh, Good episode, baby. Yeah. T is for her tooth filled mouth. T is for her tooth filled <laughs> mouth. Great. Um, in other things that made me cry this week, uh, I watched the What If finale. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. Well, I number one, I didn't cry, and number two, I didn't really watch it. <laughs> I've reached my breaking point, Joe. Um, mm. which weirdly enough is with the finale episode of this season. I've wasted four hours of my life watching. Um, so I sat down uh, on the Thursday or whenever it was when it came out. And I put it on. I said, look, it's only half an hour more. We've come this far. Let's uh, let's see how it ends. Hmm. Honest to God, I couldn't. I couldn't pay attention to it. Because <laughs> I, 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 I was I was like um, taking a quick break from work. But I was like on Twitter or whatever. And I had what if on, on the tablet next to me. I, I couldn't pay attention to it. It, 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 yeah. it could not maintain my attention for... I think I got about five, six minutes in, and I was like, I don't care. I don't care what happens in this finale. It's like, basically, from what I kind of saw by kind of, you know, the brief glances I gave it, it was like they fought Ultron for 20 minutes and then it ended. And I was like, mm. okay. Um, so, what does that mean for these other Marvel shows that are coming? I don't know if it necessarily means that, you know, I won't give Hawkeye or whatever a chance. I'm sure I will. But I I think that this cartoony, what if there was a zombie? You know, I I just think look, I I, I can't. Uh, when season two of What If rolls around, I will not be watching. Um, and that's not to say the live action ones are good, but I definitely find them somewhat somewhat more watchable and and 
better at yeah. kind of keeping my attention than what if has been. So yeah, I, so. I, I was really look, when I heard when they announced that I was kind of really looking forward to it. I think it would be an interesting spin, but it seems like they've just basically taken all of the stuff from the existing MCU and just not changed it. <laughs> I was hoping they do really weird stuff, you know, with characters that we'd never seen before, you know, just completely yeah. off the wall stuff. And instead it's just a bit of a spin on the, you know, the MCU as we already know it. It is. Uh, it's it's yeah. a little bit like Star Wars in that, you know, the, the possibilities of what they could do are endless. But they play it so safe mm. that what you ultimately get is just a very minutely changed version of what already exists. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I said on this podcast last week, but I, I had the idea of like, I think I did mention it, but I'll mention it again because it's such a good idea. Is like, what if, what if, what if was like, first of all, completely unconnected from each other, the way they tried to tie them all together at the end. Oh, my God. Not everything has to be a universe, which, by the way, let me just tangents from that for a second. I saw the worst article of all time tonight. <laughs> uh, it was why the green knight should start a king arthur cinematic universe oh i was like kill yourself this second oh jesus Christ. i know and there's like the green knight has taken some of the clever uh, tricks that the mcu tv shows have used i was like kiss my hovel right now and never speak again oh my god oh my dear anyway my idea for what if would be what if they just had like eight episodes and they were they reached out to like notable tv writers or movie writers and were like here mm. you have an episode your character is xyz do whatever you want and you would have eight and i think this is what they did with this star wars visions i haven't watched any of it but i believe that's more similar to what they did is just do whatever you want with your episode and you'd have eight completely different episodes Maybe a bit hit and miss, but some would be like real interesting or this is a unique take on this rather yeah. than what they did was just you know, the safe, the safe micromanaged way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we continued watching British Bake Off, which is uh, Bread Week. It was Bread Week. Are you watching it as well? Yeah, yeah, we, we watch it. I'm sure I was a big fan. Oh. So the old for catcher. So yeah, this is my yeah. first, my first year ever watching British Wake Off. But uh mm. yeah, I like it a lot. I like the hosts. I like the uh the challenges. Um you know, I like bread. So <laughs> it was right <laughs> up my alley. Bread. Mm, get a bit of bread into me. And I I um I'm still watching Nevermind the Buzzcocks on Sky as well. Talked about it last week. Nice. Not much report in episode three. Uh Richard Awadi was one of the guests on it. Okay. Um you know, I I I I still Despite my reservations, I still like the format of Nevermind the Buzzcocks. I like a little a little music comedy quiz. It's only half an hour. Yeah. 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 Um, is that all the telly we have? So That's all the telly. Right, we better get on to the movie guff. So, um, Joe, why don't you start us off with, because this is like Rampage. Why don't you start us off with our main event? Let's start with the, the, with the big one, with uh, No Time to Die. Um, the fifth... Um, Daniel Craig James Bond movie Um, now I'll preface it by saying uh, my kind of history with with Bond movies I I hardly seen a Bond movie at all um, before uh, Skyfall okay Um, 
I had seen Tomorrow Never Dies at the cinema um, with Pierce Brosnan. I had seen half of Golden Eye on Sky Movies um, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had been about it. I'd probably seen some of the really older ones when I was a kid, you know, that when they're showing on bank holidays and stuff. Like, I obviously, yeah. I remember seeing like Jaws and Odd Job and um, all those sort of people. But um, yeah, I was never really a, a James Bond fan. Um, but when Craig sort of came in and it, it had a bit of a reboot and it was a bit, you know, born inspired. Um, I kind of was interested in it and I, I don't remember if I saw Casino Royale before Skyfall. I can't, I might have done. But anyway, I saw Skyfall and thought it was one of the, the best films I've ever seen. You know, one of my favorite films ever. I thought it was just fantastic. Sure. Uh, not just as a Bond movie, um, but just as a movie in its own right, I thought it was um, absolutely fantastic. Um, and so... Yeah, I've, so I went back and watched the other Bond movies. I watched Casino Royale. Tried to watch uh, Quantum of Solace and didn't didn't get through it because um, it was so bad. <laughs> uh, saw Spectre, quite enjoyed that. Didn't think it was up to the standards of um, of Skyfall. Um, but yeah, enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and that kind of brings us to No Time to Die. So the, the, the final kind of much delayed Bond film as well. I think they actually filmed it four years ago nearly. Right. Um, so it was supposed to be coming out in 2019, obviously delayed due, due to the pandemic. Um, so I thought, I thought it was a satisfactory ending to the uh, Daniel Craig era. I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't like it as much as Spectre or Skyfall. I thought it was too long. Um, the running time has kind of been mentioned, I think, by a few yeah. people. It's two hours forty five minutes, and it did it, like a lot of films that get close to three hours. It does not need to be that long. You could take 20 minutes out very, very easily. And I, I just, I don't know why studios insist on, um, you know, putting in all this extra half an hour, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is. I don't, I don't quite know. Is it the directors? Is it the studio thinks, you know, longer films are better? I, I don't really get it. But um, yeah, it, it, there are just scenes where it kind of goes on and you think, yeah, we got it get to the next bit, get to the next bit. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it, it got dragged on a bit. I thought Rami Malek, his performance I quite liked, but his his villain is just quite boring. Like, I just was not interested in in his, in his character in the backstory at all. It, it just did not compel me compared with, you know, with, with Blofeld in the previous one or with um, Javier Bardem in Skyfall. Um. I just found his scenes. I was, his scenes. I was kind of looking at my watch, going, "Yeah, okay, keep keep going. Yeah, get to the point. Um, yeah, it's a bit boring." Um, so I didn't enjoy that. I felt it also kind of revolves around um, Leia Sedu's character quite a bit, um, and obviously her relationship with Bond was very central in Spectre. It was quite interesting, but it, it, it she features in a lot of the film. And although I do like her as an actress, and the, the character's fine. You know, it, I'm interested in Bond. You know, I'm interested in him doing his spy stuff and saving the world rather than, you know, it focusing so much on his relationship. Um, but, you know, having said that, it's, it has a lot of fun, some fun set pieces in it. Probably not ones that are as distinctive as, say, the, you know, the Day of the Dead festival at the beginning of Spectre, which was just really, really cool, really kind of unique yeah. and different. doesn't have anything like that in it. Um, but, yeah, overall, it's it's a fun time. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't boring. It was okay. 
it was a seven out of ten. So I, I, I'd say I liked it on on balance, um, but I wouldn't kind of rave about it. And I think it'd be interesting with with Craig's kind of tenure ending. Um, I probably will watch the next one because I'm now in that sort of habit of watching Bond, but I, I just not. I don't know if I'll be that into it. I may kind of revert to being a bit of a Bond agnostic um, because I, I just really like Craig's performance. And I really like Skyfall. And now that that kind of effect has worn off, I'm not sure it's enough to, to keep me interested in, in a mm. character that I just wasn't really interested in before. Sure. So, yeah, good, good, but definitely not great would be my summation. Mm. So um, see what you make of it, Paul. Might be might be different. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. next week. Um, but off the back of that, actually, today ITV showed uh, the man, Matt, the man with the golden gun, yeah. um, which was Roger Moore's second uh, Bond outing. This was from the seventies, and it has it really, really kind of has all of the things that made me not like Bond <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> awful joke, you know the awful puns. cheesy the cheesy really cheesy kind of female performances you know brit brit eckland is in it and she spends half the film in a bikini and she's just a completely dumb blonde who's like oh james why don't you shag me you're shagging all these other women but why don't you shag me i mean i'm that's not far off the actual you know what she was saying um really yeah really kind of basically offensive <laughs> a lot of it is set kind of in asia and you can, it's just full of like martial arts and um a very interesting scene with a sumo wrestler uh, and Bob yeah i know exactly a, what you know the one yeah um yeah. and a kind of strange villain who's you know interestingly played by christopher lee or things really yeah. good but Scaramanga just, yeah with his third with, nipple with, with his third nipple um, yeah, so kind of everything that was bad at Bond. And yeah, I do like Roger Moore. I think he is very charming and funny. Um, and I, you know, I'm sure some of the other ones are better than this. But God, yeah, really, bit of a slog kind of getting through that. Um, I'm amazed Bond survived from that kind of Sean Connery era through to the to the 90s. I think Pierce Brosnan really kind of what he did was pretty miraculous in, in reviving it and what they did. Um, going into the Craig era, but yeah, I won't be going back and revisiting too many of the uh, the old ones. But no, no. To be fair, the uh, I think if you look up some like worst to best list, I think Man with the Golden Gun is known as for being one of the worst one of, of the, the worst. of the of the twenty six Bonds, if not the worst. Uh, probably that and Moonraker would be towards the bottom. But you know, you're, it's true that Bond was. At the especially in the seventies was a franchise that was very given to following the crazes of the times. So yes. there's the there's the martial arts bond. There's the bond goes to space at the space suspiciously around the time Star Wars came out. <laughs> um, so yeah, especially a lot of those Roger Moore ones are a bit a bit weird in that sense. Um, that being said, I think. There are there are a handful of really good pre Craig bonds. I wouldn't you know recommend you go back and watch the mm. twenty. I think it was twenty. I think Christina Rao was the twenty first one because yeah. Die Another Day they made a big hoo ha saga dance oh, yeah. being the twentieth yeah. one. Um, but there's probably like five, five really good ones that maybe would be worth uh, a watch. Like I would say off the top of my head. Um, from Russia with Love is really good. It's the second mm-hmm. one. It's very 
um, Hitchcocky almost. It's, it's all set on the train. Uh, Goldfinger is then the quintessential one. That's got all the. She expect me to talk. It's got all that stuff in it. Oh no, Mister Bond, I expect you to try. Um, so I would say I would say those two. I would say I I have a soft spot for Goldeneye given the video game, but I think Goldeneye is a really solid one. Um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service is a good, a really solid one as well. That's got George Lazenby in his Oli outing as Bond, but I think that's a really solid one. And I, in fact, I think that's one that. I've heard No Time to Die is, is kind of reminiscent of, in a sense. Mm. Um, but I think it's a solid one. Although there there is one bit where he says, you can call me Hilly. I think he's, he's going under an alias of Hillary something. He goes, you can call mm. me Hilly, which is a, a line so lame it has to be heard to be believed. And I don't know what a fifth one would be. Uh, sure, watch Die Another Day. Just it's how unbelievably bad it is. Um with the invisible car, my god. Um, but yeah, I would I would not have recommended. Fair enough, it was on TV, but I would not have recommended Man with the Golden Gun as a random old Bond yeah, to watch. Yeah. It's very camp. It's very, and to be fair, they are camp, but it's very like oh, Bond put on this fake turd nipple and oh, oh god, man. and and knickknack running around the plane, the plane. Oh, <laughs> um, I've never killed a midget before. Mm, that's the first time for everything. Oh my oh, god, awful! <laughs> and Roger Moore. The funny thing about Roger Moore is when he took over from Connery, he was uh, he was actually older than Connery yeah. at the time. So they didn't replace him with a younger model. They went, "Well, we better go older." To the point where you got this weird grandfather running around. With, oh, geez. Roger was too old to be Bond. Surely, in most of those films. Um, but Joe, one point you made about No Time to Die is the the length of these films. Mm. Why uh, why these films are so long? Well, let me tell you about a little long film I watched this week uh, called Heat, <laughs> starring Al Pacino. Mm. She got a great ass on your heads all the way up it, and Robert De Niro. And it's two hours and 50 minutes long. Um, have you seen Heat, Joe? We'll start off with that question. I, I have seen Heat. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah, I went the old 10 out of 10 on Letterboxd.com. Yeah, baby. Um, I think, yeah, okay. I'm going to, first of all, say I understand that Heat is a film that is almost unanimously loved by everyone who's seen it, right? Mm -hmm. I still think it's maybe slightly underrated. Um, In, like, I think, although they're both crime movies, one is is more mafia-leaning and one is more straight, like, cop and criminal. I think Heat is, like, Godfather caliber, or is at least a kind of Godfather equivalent of its specific crime genre. Um, my God, what a well-made film. <laughs> what, what a perfect film, I would say. Um, you do have old Al Pacino in it. So there, there are some bits where he's like coked to the max, you know? Yeah. But I, I think it kind of works here for the character he's playing. I, I like the juxtaposition of he's the protagonist, but his life is very shit. And it's falling apart. He's not getting yeah. on with the with the the wife. He's he's on his third marriage. He's so given to the job. He's so dedicated to the job that his life is terrible. 
and you have the the criminal played by De Niro who's like having this burgeoning love story <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it, it's it's like the the script has been flipped here where the good guy is in his home life for all intents and purposes a villain and the villain is like a hero to this like lonely woman he meets like they're two lonely souls who kind of meet and come together so i like that i mean you know we we t- because we talk about wrestling so much we often talk about shades of gray and whether that works or doesn't work mm. but in the capable hands of michael mann you definitely have shades of gray here and it definitely works um the action is great i mean the the bank heist scene yeah let me tell you let me tell you um and i mean you know obviously you see the influence on you know christopher nolan for example because the dark knight the dark knight is just heat with batman in it basically imagine if you had heat but you know put that cowl on and you just make the same movie again basically but not quite as good (laughs) um yeah that whole whatever it is 20 25 minutes of the uh the heist oh god it's so perfect um and one thing i particularly liked about the movie is uh how quiet it is throughout like there's not much of a score to speak of yes there is at points but um i think i heard was john carpenter who's he he said in his movies that he he doesn't like the score to to inform the audience's emotions that the the score is just wallpaper and that's true in heat like in the moments in the film where you know you would normally have kind of a big um strings you know big emotional moments whether happy or sad heat doesn't have that heat heat just has music that has very little to do with what's going on on screen mm-hmm. and at most points has no music which really emphasizes the kind of real feeling of it um because you have these you know heists you have these stakeouts and there's no music playing it's very very tense you're like leaning forward out of your chair <gasps> what's gonna happen yeah, it, like almost as if a breath would be too loud, they'd hear you. So it's like dead silent for a lot. Of it. Um, but as far as the length goes, um, it's one of the first experiences I've had watching a movie where, at one point, I had to pause it to take the dog I had with me mm. down. Um, and I was like, my God, I feel like I've been watching this movie for four hours because it was so rich, because so much had happened in mm. it. And I, I was like one hour 32 into the movie. Yeah, I was like, oh, brilliant. There's loads to go. Um, where usually you're like looking at the clock going, all right, come on, boys. But I was so happy to be like, oh, my God, another hour 20. This is great. It was like it was like um, binge watching a, a really great series where you're just like, keep going. Go on. Give me the next bit. Give me the next bit. Give me the next bit. So although it was nearly three hours, um, I didn't at all feel like it was. There was no bit where I was like, all right, we can take this bit out. Let's move on to the next bit. And mm-hmm. it, it, it has so much happening in it. And so many of the little moments. And this is why I related it to The Godfather, not because Pacino and De Niro are in it, but because I think structurally it's quite similar to The Godfather, that you have all these little happenings, especially in the second half, that build towards the climax. Um, like in, in, in another director's hands, the prison... Or prison. The bank heist might have been moved later because it's such a big moment in the film. Mm. Um, but I think in in where the the way the um, the different events happen towards the climax is really really satisfying, and the climax itself is super satisfying. Reminded me a bit of Dirty Harry, 
Oh, yeah. um, which I, was, I don't say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but the the way the film kind of feels very big throughout and then towards the end tapers down to really just these two characters remind me a lot of Dirty Harry. Um, but let me tell you, I took a long time to watch it, but uh, and I don't mean literally how long the movie is. I mean, I watched it for the first time at the age of 33 and it was worth the wait. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. Even... Um... These the supporting characters as well, like the I can't remember his name the the guy who was the president in the first season of Twenty Four. Um, oh, Dennis. I know. Some, is it Dennis? I think. Yeah, I think it is. I know exactly. Who you mean. He his character is fantastic. Like he plays a guy who's kind of out. I think he's on parole or something, working yeah. in, a, in a kitchen, and he kind of gets drawn back into it. And it, you just really feel for his character. Like every every bit element of that film just really kind of hits really well he's almost the best example because his character yeah. is so has so little to do with the plot mm. and not in a bad way he's just he's maybe in like three scenes yeah but those three scenes make you feel like you know that character you get that character and when things happen to that character you feel he, he has a whole about. arc in three a whole arc in three and same scenes. for the the natalie natalie portman character i think she's in yeah, four the same. scenes She's exactly. in four scenes, but she goes through an entire arc, which in another movie, you know, you could have had that as a whole story, but here it's done just so quickly. It's or you could have had it completely omitted. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it definitely adds to it. It doesn't take away from it. Definitely does. Can I give you a fun fact about uh, Heat? Please do. Um, so I read the the screenplay, I think, when I was when I was studying script writing. Um, and the, the Danny Trejo character yeah. uh, was originally called Towner. Oh, how about, how about that? that? And I was like, "Ooh, I don't know what." But uh, I think when they, he was cast, obviously they they changed it to a. It's his. I think they used Trejo, don't they? It's Trejo, yeah. yeah, yeah. They changed it obviously to a, a Mexican name. But yeah, really good, really great movie. I'll counter that with a No Time to Die tribute. Go on, uh, Daniel Craig, the first actor to play Bond in three different decades. Ah, yes, not. yes. The 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. No one else, even um, Roger Moore, who did like. Seven, I think he was the most. Yeah. Roger most. Uh, he only did it across <laughs> two decades. So Craig's the only actor who's done it across three. I just realized that Roger Moore sounds like a Bond pun name. Yeah. Like Rogers Moore. I just never yeah, never got that. Todger Moore. Um, and then I watched Point Break as well. I actually did a, okay. a Twitter poll for which movie I'd watched. Then I, yes. ended up watching, I ended up watching both of them because I'm just, you know. I've never seen that. Um, I thought it was very good, but I de- I do think it suffered a little bit by following up Heat <laughs> so closely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different film to to Heat. It's uh, it's more of like a like an un- undercover cop film, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, Keanu Reeves, who is not particularly good in it, he's mo- I would say he's mostly good in it. But there are some bits where his line delivery is a bit too uh, Ted from Bill and Ted, especially towards especially towards the end. Um, he he plays this you know young FBI agent who is investigating this series of bank robberies, and his partner, played by Gary Busey, has this crackpot theory that it's like surfers doing it, and so they conspire to get um, Keanu undercover. Is who. His, his name in the movie is Johnny Utah, by the way, which is a very oh, yeah. good name if you're if you're going to try and you know um, integrate with a uh, undercover as a, with a 
series of surfers going in with the name Johnny Yud is going to start. <laughs> um, so he he gets involved in this in these uh, surfers. He's learned to surf. He meets a girl. Uh, the head of the surfing gang is is Patrick Swayze, who's uh, ten times better in it than Keanu is. And it goes from there. And it, there's lots of twists and turns. There's a great, um, well, half great uh, skydiving sequence where Swayze is doing the old Tom Cruise style, doing his own stunts. You got these great shots of Swayze skydiving. And then you have Keanu Reeves in a close-up with wind being blown on him. Mm. Um, you go, ooh, Swayze doing the business. Keanu, little pussy, too afraid to do it. Um but it's a like heat. It's got one set piece that is, you know, head and shoulders above anything else in the movie. Uh, it is a chase uh, sequence. I won't say anything more than that. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't think it holds candle to heat as far as you know, cop slash crime films go. But um, it's Catherine Bigelow directed. Um, she did Zero Dark Thirty and uh, Hurt Locker. I didn't particularly care for Zero Dark Thirty. I haven't seen Hurt Locker, but Point Break, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty... It's a much more fun film than Heat. It, it's, it kind of doesn't take itself as seriously. Mm-hmm. It's got some good action in it, good set pieces. And, you know, the a, a, an interesting interesting uh, relationship question about, like, you know, you, you know, when someone goes undercover and they get so connected to the people they're undercover with, how does that affect them and their psyche and their relationship with the people when it, you know, maybe eventually comes out that who who they really are and how, lots of interesting stuff in terms of the relationship between the two guys, the two leads. Um, but I would say, yeah, generally very good. If you know, maybe not top tier as as some had led me to believe, uh, but Heat definitely top tier. And we move on to the game goof. So I am coming to the end of Halo Four. I'm on the final level, so I'm probably within an hour of beating it. At which point I'll finally be able to uninstall from my Xbox the behemoth that is the Master Chief Collection, the 140 gig install. Mm. Uh, finally can get rid of that, have some space in the Xbox again. Six games I will have beaten. Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo Reach, and Halo ODST. Uh, but Halo 4 I've definitely come around on. I think it's probably my second favorite of the six, uh, just, behind, just behind Halo 2, which is the best one. Uh, a lot of variety in the levels and the level designs and the objectives that you're doing. Lots of variety, lots of, um, there's one bit where you're in a mech suit. There's one bit where you're flying, flying planes around, shooting shit. And then of course, the usual first person shooting of, you know, the same handful of alien types. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. I'm, as I said, coming to the end of it and then I'll be on to Halo 5 Guardians. And then that'll be me caught up. And I'll like, finally... We'll be able to play something else. Uh, I also dipped my toe into FIFA 22. Um, as if you have an Xbox Game Pass subscription, you are eligible for a 10-hour trial of FIFA 22. So I played a little bit of that. Uh, found it generally okay. A little bit buggy. Uh, I got kicked back to the kicked out of the game like two or three times. Ooh. And then I was playing one multiplayer game with uh, my friend from across the road. And... Um, the controllers just stopped working. <laughs> I mean, the controllers were still powered on, and but they, it was as if the game forgot how to input the controls, and so the, we couldn't control the players, and they just ran out of play with the ball every time. 
so we had to turn off and stop it. So still some uh, some glitches and some bugs in there. But apparently, I haven't tried it yet, but apparently nothing close to uh, eFootball, which is the new rebranded Pez, mm-hmm. uh, which is apparently at release. I don't know if it's still the case, but at release was the lowest rated game on Steam. Full stop. Not sports wow. game. The lowest, yeah. Apparently, it's it's been a complete disaster at launch. Uh, horribly buggy. It's only got like nine teams in it because it's like a glorified demo at release. Because free to play, it's not um, unlike mm. FIFA. You don't. Oh, have, okay. You don't yeah. splash out for it. It's free to pay and or free to play, and then you get piecemealed the various different options. Yeah. Um, but this might be the year where I say, right? I guess I just play FIFA from now on. Uh, looks like they completely shit the bed with with this Pez rebrand. Um, FIFA, for the most part, when it's working, plays plays okay. It's still, it's still a little bit floaty, a little bit fast for my liking. I, I always liked the the Pez gameplay, but everything about everything else about Pez was was subpar. FIFA's got way more options. The career modes way more fleshed out in terms of you can manage your budgets and and train your players and so on. Um, which is a shame, but that's how it is. And Joe, tell me about your games. Um, still guffing away on Doom Eternal, which I'm enjoying a lot. Um, working my way through the main campaign, but I started going back and um, doing all the collectibles right. um, in the earlier levels and using the using the cheats as well, which is a lot of fun. Because um, you get to go back and just plow through all the demons that gave you trouble earlier in the game. And you say, <laughs> oh, oh, look who's back. And say hello to my little friend. <laughs> and I've got to get the chain gun out and just blow the fuckers away it's a lot of fun yeah. only problem is you get used to playing like that and then you go back to the main campaign with your nine bullets and <laughs> 50 demons that you got to kill you know like, oh, fuck it how am i gonna do this um yeah I am, i'm enjoying that a lot um really really funny game um i was considering because there is a, a package on on switch you can get all of the the, the original doom games doom 64 the last yeah. Doom game and this one. I was thinking about getting that, but I don't know if I'll ever actually play the original ones again. So I might, I might just pick up or go on to Doom sixty four. But yeah, that looks um, oh, that is really good. And the other thing I was just going to mention is the the GTA uh, remasters that are coming out. So yes. I know that obviously these games have been available on every single platform, and I've probably bought them all like three or four times at this point mm-hmm. uh, through various packages. But that was, I think, the one thing. That if it was going to be announced, that would really catch my attention. Other than Super Mario Odyssey 2, uh, the only thing that could be released that would really get me excited would be a GTA remaster, because I'd really would love to kind of play through all those games again. Um, so it's exciting to see kind of what happens with that. Um, and it's going to be on the Switch as well, apparently. So I might actually play them on a console for the first time ever rather than pc so um, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah. Is, is it going to be on the Switch or is it going to be one of these uh, cloud? things that they do i don't know what does that mean um well there's a new kind of trend on on switch where they they release uh they release games on switch like hitman came out of switch but it was um it's streamed to your console you don't actually download the game ah you see. play it on the cloud and apparently the no, apparently gta is just coming to switch clean so hopefully that's okay. the case okay um because i know hitman came to um switch uh via the cloud streaming service and apparently the latency was pretty bad on it and it was nigh mm. on mostly unplayable <laughs> so unless you got super fast internet you can't really play those those uh 
cloud games. And be careful if you're buying games on Switch, folks. Read the fine print. Does it say cloud on the game? Yeah, I I've never played any of those GTA games, Joe. You're joking. I've never played them. My, the never first played GTA, Vice City. Never played Vice City. I never had a PS2. Fuck. Um, the first crazy. G- How yeah, did the I first- not know? It's been 11 years. I'm just finding this out. The, well, the first GTA I ever played was GTA 4. And I played yeah. that for about three hours and got bored of it. And then I played GTA 5. And I played that for about five hours and got bored of it. Why but I know that? that I know that three Vice City San Andreas are the most beloved games in that series. So maybe it's time mm. to give them. They are they are a lot of, they're very different. Like I never I got bored of GTA four pretty quickly as well. Those games are completely different. I mean they're very, you know, a lot older and very kind of swacky and fun. So I think yeah. you might you might like them. Yeah, the remasters are gonna have uh visual updates and quality of life improvements apparently, but while retaining the look and feel of the old games. So I'm yeah. excited for that. Right. We got emails. Ooh. Yeah, I have an email um, from Jamie. Thank you for mm. emailing in, Jamie. He says, subject, lapsed walks. Uh, after you mentioned a few mammoth long walks listening to the lapsed fan, I was wondering if you and the lads ever crank up the audio speed at all. I've had my Overcast app set at 1.6 speed for for what must be five plus years now and has warped my reality so much that normal voice speed is near impossible to digest. Um, thanks for that, <laughs> thanks for that, Jamie. That little insight into your world. No, I've I've never done that. Um, I'm aware of this trend of people listening to podcasts at like one and a half or two speed. Um, I I've not tried it. And I don't think I could really get on with that. I kind of like to listen to it at normal normal speed. Uh, I like to kind of. I often pause podcasts a lot as well because I'm almost like joining in the conversation in my mind with what the people are saying. So, you know, someone brings up a point, I kind of, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to think about that. Let me just pause you go, wait, 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 let me, let me Hang on. Let me just, like, I'm, yeah, like I'm making my own point. Um, so I don't think I would, I would do that. And I've also, I've heard that people also do this for TV shows on, on Netflix and YouTube as well. Right. And I have to say, I find that absolutely obscene. Disgusting. I, it disgusts me. Like if I wrote a TV show and found out that someone was watching it at 1.5 speed, yeah. I would um, shit on their face because it it Ooh, makes me absolutely kinky. sick. Uh, they might enjoy it. I don't know. If they're, into that, <laughs> they're into that kind of perversion of watching sitcoms at double speed. Then God knows what else they're into. Right. Um, yeah, I find that really objectionable. Like, if like, would you listen to you know? Life on Mars by David Bowie at twice speed, just so you can get it, just so you've got more time to get in another song. Like, I don't think you would, you know, you're going to no. go see a Shakespeare play and get the actors to do it twice as fast because you're going to go and see another one after. Like, sorry, but if you've not got the time to watch a sitcom at the speed that the writers intended it to, then just don't watch it or watch less stuff. Like, no one is that busy. Unless you're the fucking chief of the UN or the president of the United States or a chief surgeon or something, you've got enough time to watch it at normal speed. That is my feeling. Right. Well, you might be shitting on my face, Joe, because I got a little admission to make here. Oh, here we go. No, 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 no. It's not quite quite that bad. I, well, to to answer the question, first of all, I do listen to my podcast sped up, Mm. but it's got a but, B-U-T-T. Um, 
I would never go like 1.5, 1.6. That's crazy to me. I wouldn't be able to understand what they're saying. At that speed. Yeah. I listen to my podcast at 1.1 speed. Okay. Which is, um, speed-wise, is, is almost imperceptible. Yeah. That it's any yeah. different. But if you're listening to a podcast that's an hour and a half, let's say, you're knocking 10 minutes off it. You're doing it in an hour 20. Yeah. You know? While it sounds basically the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've done, I've, I would never, I've never done that with like a TV show or anything like that. But I have watched movies at 1.1 speed also. Not 1.25, 1.5, no, sure. but 1.1. And let me give you my justification for that. Um, you might remember a few years ago, I was watching all the movies with Dwayne Rock Johnson in. I wasn't watching you again at normal speed. Whether David Lynch would like be sick hearing that or not. You may think you've experienced the movie. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, I did watch those movies slightly sped up. Because again, in a two-hour movie, 120 minutes, uh, you're knocking 12 minutes off the time, basically. Mm-hmm. So, but, but as I said, never higher than 1.1 speed, which to me is basically the same. <laughs> you know, it's so such a little increase. It's not like, you know... The... <laughs> Nor are they like jiggly running around the screen. It, it looks mm. like you're watching the same thing. It's just very, very, very slightly takes less time, um, which I think is I think is easier to apply to podcasts. I would definitely understand the criticism of doing that for any film because when it comes to films, there's very specific intent put into mm. the music and the pacing of the film and the scenes. And we're speeding that up. We are kind of breaking a little bit. But I think there's a difference also between watching something like Heat and the Godfather and watching um, Who Got Married Again 2 with The Rock in a cameo with Tyler Perry. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I, And to be fair, I'll do that sometimes if I watch a movie that I'm just watching like The Meg with Jason Statham. Or so like I'll, if I watch a movie like that on my tablet, I'll put it to 1.1 because I can only do it on my tablet with the app that I use. Right, right. If I'm watching a movie on TV, I'm watching on Blu-ray anyway, or on Netflix, or on Disney, or Amazon, I would never speed those up. No. But anyway. Thanks for your email, Jamie. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with the podcast. I can accept the podcast, but if I find out, Jamie, that you're doing it with, with real art, <laughs> you're in trouble. Um, and as punishment, you have to slow this podcast down to 0.8. <laughs> Um, Maybe we should just talk a little bit faster for the rest of the podcast so that Jamie really can't understand what we're saying when he's listening on 1.6. That, that was me reading Shakespeare. Um, I have an email also from Stephen. He, IGN, best video game of all time bracket. Uh, hi, Paul. Wondering if you've seen the... <laughs> I think he's been, he's been autocorrected here. I think he typed IGN and it translated it to... Ugh. UGH, which is very <laughs> appropriate. Uh, if you've seen the IGN best video game of all time bracket, what are, your, what are your thoughts on it? As of writing, it's not yet finished. I think it is now, if I'm not mistaken. But the whole thing looks off to me. Some very odd early inclusions and exclusions, and then some even stranger wins, losses. Yeah, the thing about this, I did see this bracket, uh, Stephen. The thing about this bracket is it was voted on by... IGN social media followers. I think the majority, the big majority of the the votes came from Instagram. Mm. 
which obviously is where you know the dum dums live. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means, I'm gonna zero. I don't know. But um, there's definitely some some really strange strange voting. Like obviously, I have my own personal biases and, and you know all that. Mm-hmm. But um, if we take, for example. Uh, you know, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time versus Elder Scrolls Five: Skyrim. Two games that I really enjoy. Don't get me wrong, but you're literally one of the one of the best games of all time versus another iteration in in the Elder Scrolls. Uh, Skyrim wins sixty three percent to thirty seven. Um, uh, what else do we have here? Um, buh, 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 buh. Uh, find another weird one here um super metroid again one of the all-time great games if not the best game on super nintendo versus apex legends a multiplayer shooter game that people don't really it's kind of okay uh apex legends won super metroid eliminated in the first round uh half-life 2 or rise of the tomb raider again it's not like it's two bad games but like come on half-life 2 is one of the all-time best games um and here joe i'll let you pick this one right mm-hmm. super mario 64 batman arkham city uh 64 yeah no batman arkham city 61 percent oh jesus eliminating literally one of the most important video games of all time in the first round batman arkham city a not even that good a game a, a poor sequel to a really good uh initial one um we have uh, Super Mario World, Joe, a game that I think you've played, right? You've, you've played Super Mario Once World, you quite enjoyed it. Or, or just Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the latest Smash Bros. game. Well, Super Mario World. No. <laughs> Smash Bros. <laughs> Ultimate. I bet. Uh, so, like, when you consider all, li- literally all the best games of all time, okay? And uh, fair enough, I have a Nintendo bias, but I'll, I'll throw in there your, your, your GTAs, uh, which we've spoken about earlier your halos um but when you get to like you know what is this the quarterfinal yeah final semi quarter right when you get to the quarterfinal you still have stuff like uh call of duty 4 modern warfare um bloodborne <sighs> batman arkham city gta 5 like the final is gta 5 and god of war two games that came out in the last 8 years come on lads there's there's definitely a uh, a bias of you know recency recency bias here. Um, if I give you the uh, round of sixteen, Last of Us came out in twenty thirteen, GTA five twenty thirteen, Batman oh. Arkham City twenty twelve maybe twenty eleven, Dark Souls, Titanfall two, Bloodborne, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, Witcher three, Wild Hunt, Minecraft, Skyrim, God of War, Modern Warfare, World of Warcraft, Fallout New Vegas, San Andreas. They're all games that have come out. Since like 2005, 2010. The, the only one in there that's from, you know, N64, PS2, or before mm. is Super Mario Bros. 3. And that got eliminated by Breath of the Wild, which is mad. So, yeah, the lesson is uh, don't ask the youth from Instagram to vote on your video game of all time bracket, um, because that's what happens. I also saw. Um, I don't remember which it might have been Variety or or some website like that. Mm. They had their their um 
all-time best songs list, right? So if you see, uh, if you like the headline, right? You see oh, the headline yeah. is literally the best songs of all time. And then you read it and they go, yeah, we have uh, done our best songs of all time, but to change it up, we're only doing songs since 2002. <laughs> like, well, it's what? not a best all-time list then. <laughs> oh, was it best of the 21st century? Or something? No. No? No. 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 What the fuck? I don't know if I'll be able to find the list again, but it was... It was mad. Oh no, it was Rolling Stone. I have it. Rollingstone.com. The 500 greatest songs of all time, right? Mm. Um, duh, 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 duh. Is this one actually? Hang on. Maybe it's not this one. No, it's not this one. Sorry. Where is it? Um. I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking for it, but it it was it's, yeah. USA. I don't. I know. It, 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 sorry, Rolling Stone. It wasn't that one. But anyway, oh, well, I'm looking at this list and Rolling Stone 500 greatest songs of all, of all time. Number 50, Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. Right. Close that window, now, Joe. Right. <laughs> I could name 50 songs better than that off the top of my head. <laughs> Just by just by British artists. I won't even get into America. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks for the emails, Stephen and Jamie. We'll be going to the wrestling, Guff Joe. Bit of wrestling. Um, what what have you watched this week? Well, you know, Dynamite Rampage. Um, yeah. Do you, I I haven't seen the new Dark Side of the Ring yet. I I just watched the uh, FMW one from the previous week. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, it, it, it was it was it wasn't as uh as controversial as some of the other ones have been but uh what did you make of dynamite and rampage this week uh i thought dynamite was very good two two it brilliant was. two brilliant matches and then a few few decent matches yeah. the um the elite versus uh the we need a name a collective name for cage danielson and then Bungle Joy and Lucha. I don't know if we can come up with something for them, but a boy and um, his dinosaurs. A boy and his because they're all like forty. Oh. A boy and his dinosaur and his dragon in a cage. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, uh, that match was great. That match was a lot of fun. My God, that was that match was nearly perfect. It was very very good. As much as I love to bring out the old perfect segment, <laughs> perfect segment. Yeah, I thought this match was just. Just perfect. That was the moment where they tried to powerbomb Luchasaurus, and that kind of fell apart. But I was just watching it, going, "Oh, I hope this match never ends." Mm. It was. Okay. It was really good. It was really good. Um, and then, I mean, that and the main event. I mean, the letter match was was really good as well. Uh, and of course, the return of Mister Hankman Adam Page. Oh my God! I came out of my chair. I came out of my chair. <laughs> For the big pop. Oh, the big um, pops. See, this was this was the thing where the Joker, you know, has the the almost the um the idea of the Joker has worked in its favor here in terms mm-hmm. of surprise. Because they've established so much that the Joker is a debut. The Joker is we've signed someone. And so when they use it here to be like the big return, it was like an extra big pop because not only was Hangman Page that people want to see. But they were legitimate surprise because their expectations were subverted. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, and he came out. Oh, it was great. It was great. The only thing I would say about that ladder match is because of the way they do the casino ladder match with the two people start, one person comes out every couple mm. of minutes. When they finally got everyone in, it seemed very short. Yeah. From then on, it seemed like... Yeah. I don't necessarily mind that. I like the fact they've basically recreated the surprise number 30 Royal Rumble entrant with, with the Joker. <laughs> but you can do it at any time. You don't have to wait for the Royal Rumble. Just... Doing multiple times a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good match. Um, I liked um, Serena D. Picara Shida was, was good as well. Interesting kind of what they're doing I think with Shida. And yeah. and Deeb. And, yes. and I really I really like Serena Deeb. She's such a good wrestler. I would have liked for the, the trophy to like shatter overhead though. If they got some sugar glass in or something for that. Yeah. yeah she just kind of clunked her with it. Bonk. Bonk. Uh, yeah, but other, yeah, just a very good episode and nothing without any kind of big debuts or any kind of big stuff. You had the return. Well, you had Bobby Fish later. debut. Who? Uh, from the Undisputed Era. Who's that? He is the one who looks like a Am- Abercrombie and Fitch twat. I don't know the name. What is it, Abercrombie? He got the I little moustache. He got the little tattoo. Yeah, no, like he was, he was good, but yeah, I wouldn't. I'm glad a big debut. Ah, he's been in NXT. He's an NXT tag team champion. Yeah, we'll see. Yes. Um, my Hong Kong of the week is going to go for. He's going to go for Andrade's bump towards the end of that ladder match. Oh yeah, Jesus, Hong Kong, get well soon, lad. That was absolutely horrendous. It's crazy Um, what else happened? They debuted the TBS championship. Oh yeah, nice looking, nice looking belt. Looks looks better than their women's title. Yeah, it, it does actually. I think that's a good title, and um, it good, it good, it, it kind of gives all the other women something to do. My only thought is like it seemed like all of the other women, apart from Brit, are going after that title. So who's Brit yeah. going to wrestle? I don't know, but I think they've got enough women now to make that that work, and that could be. Really, I think so. Really useful. Yeah, and it, it'll help with someone like uh, Jade Cargill, who they can kind of mm. protect and give her the secondary belt without holding up the whole women's division. Yeah. So I'm in favor of that. Um, what else? We had Darby Allen. Oh my god! Speaking of crazy bumps, Darby Allen got challenged to a match by MJF, and then was jumped by a bunch of hoodlums in masks. And Ward, I mean, one of them gave Darby Allen the big old F5 onto like the guardrail. Oh my god! Horrendous, horrendous bump. Don't mm-hmm. be taking bumps like that. Do the old. Get stomped on and punched and stuff. Don't be taking a crazy do, do a, cane, backstage. do a cane bump. Take it on the knee. Just... <laughs> the on the... Oh, we didn't even talk about Aaron Anderson in the garden. Ah, that was great. Oh, when you see Cody in the background on the balcony and he's like, what the fuck? Aaron Anderson's doing me garden. What's going on? Um, <laughs> Give me that oh, tie. What are you going to do? Shoot me? Yeah, that was funny. Oh, tremendous. Oh, tremendous. Great stuff. Uh, Rampage. Then move, yeah, then we move over to Rampage. We had CM Punk with the uh, the return of the long tights. I know. He's, what's he doing? He's, he's playing with our mind. mind well, I noticed when he had the short tights, he's got these new tattoos on his legs. I wonder if he's a bit, yeah. if he's a bit Lisa Simpson self-conscious about him. Um, Has there ever been anyone that's kind of changed their tights in that way? I was trying to think of a wrestler who's gone from uh, long tights to short tights kind of week to week. 
But I don't think anyone, I think everyone, you know, once they get a new set of tights, they tend to keep them. Mm. I can't think of anyone who's used to have jumped around in terms of format. Um, yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I was going to say, like, Triple H. But then he stuck with the short tights. Yeah, yeah. Um, or even short to long is fairly rare, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I guess Zack Ryder had those like one-legged, <laughs> the half and halves. Yeah, yeah the half and halves. So I can think of. But yeah, um, a really good match. Oh, Punk's yeah. matches are so good. Very. It's enjoyable. not just formulaic. Like it's there's always a real story to it. Power yeah. driver. Oh, nice, very nice power driver. This yep. And um, yeah, really good match. And I love, I love his selling in this match, especially. It was very, uh, mm. very Minoru Suzuki, where he he did the um, the running like knee in the corner that he does, which mm. he do, he doesn't do the bulldog anymore off the back, but where he does like the step up knee in the corner, he kind of like hobbled his way over to it rather than with a running start. Yeah. Little, de- little details like that, little actually yeah, thinking good. about it. Instead of just doing a cookie cutter match, uh, I like those little details. Make it feel, make the match feel very unique, very different. Um, yeah, Garcia's really good, as is Punk. So yeah, this might have been, this might have been Punk's best showing yet. He gets better and better every time. Yeah, very good. Uh, Lucha Brothers acclaimed. That was that was all right. I like. I mean, I love the acclaimed. Well, the, I must say, the acclaimed in their in the raps definitely feel a bit. Like they've they've had their bum bum slapped, and it's it comes off very safe now, doesn't it? Do you think so? I don't. Know. I do, I do. They're they're a little bit. Oh, your your team is bad. Oh, your oh, town yeah, is yeah. smelly. You know, there's they're they're kind of had a, their edge taken away a little bit. Fucking time understandably, time. because they kind of he went a little too far, but I I don't think they had to pull back quite as much as they had. Because yeah. I do think ultimately a heel is to be, gotta be a little bit, <sighs> gotta be a little bit antagonistic, you know. Gotta be a little bit. Um, they're just they're a little they're a little edgeless right now. They're a little bit of a circle. You want to get you want to have an edge. You don't want to be a circle. Hmm. Um, Lucha Bros still look good. The match itself was a kind of a sprint. It was quite enjoyable. Um, but I I never thought they were going to win. <laughs> so it, it was a bit of a uh, it was a bit of an AW dark match if I'm honest um, speaking of Jay Cargill Sky Blue went about a minute yeah, yeah. that's fine for uh, for old uh, Cargill yeah and then we had the Philly Street Fight main event Philly Cheesecake main event <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I mean, Starks is, is really good. I think yeah. Brian. Ca- I mean, Brian Cage is really good. I know he gets criticism, but I think he's. You know, I like Cage. He I like Cage a lot in the ring. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not on the microphone, but certainly in the ring, he, he always does a good job. He, um, um, I, I caught uh, Starks going for the wrist tape, pulling out the old blade ski before it even happened. Oh, I paused no. and I went, "Wait, wait, wait!" He's after grabbing someone out of his wrist tape. Then he, head for, then he went head first. Then he went head first. I've done. I've been watching that Secrets of Pro Wrestling special on YouTube. I know where it works. <laughs> um, he went head first into the chair. The funny thing was, right? He gets thrown head first into the chair. He's bloodied, and the match ends like forty seconds later. 
What was yeah. the point? What was the point of doing yeah. the blood when the match was just about to end? Yeah. You know? I thought he got a lot of offense as well. He was really beating the shit out of Cage. Yeah. And then he ended one only one as well. It was like this was really putting over um Starks. Yeah. Cage didn't get much. But... Although he still needed all three of them to to beat him ultimately. Hobbs came yeah, down. That's they, true. They did the send hook meme. Send hook. Jericho did it and it made yeah. it immediately made it uncool. <laughs> Thanks, Chris, you fucking old shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um is it the Homer Palooza episode where Marge is like yeah. Uh, well, I, d- I don't know that I'm cool. Doesn't that mean I'm cool, kids? No. no. <laughs> is very much that. And, oh, and the worst thing about this show, I don't know if you caught it, right at the very end, mm. Excalibur was given the, uh, you know, tune into Dynamite next. we got a special Saturday Dynamite next week. And we'll see you then. Have a good night. And then Jericho went, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my he's, God. Oh, he's so annoying. It's literally the last thing you hear on the broadcast. It was incredibly mm. annoying. But um, that was Ram Poshta. Uh, I like I said, I watched the FMW Dark Side of the Ring with Onita and uh, their Terry Funk and Mick Foley mm. on it. It was you know nothing, um, nothing out of this world. It was a good little review of that era. Without there was no real you know crazy stories really about it. Um. So that's the show, I guess. That's our little show. That's all we got for you this week. So we'll get the pluggies in before we let you go. So if you want to send us an email, as was done by our our new best listeners, I'm giving them that official <laughs> award. Right? <laughs> Stephen and Jamie, you are the listeners of the month. Joint best listeners. Yeah. You're... Your sugar glass trophy is in the post as we speak. Okay, careful that a woman don't come in and hit you on the head with it. <laughs> um, Put it down gently. You can go to chairshotpodcast.com. That is our website. Scroll. You don't even have to scroll. Actually, scroll is for geeks. Click on the email us um, option there in the in yeah. the, the bar. It's the, it's third from the left. Uh, that'll bring you to a a form where you can fill it out. You don't even need to go to your own email. You can fill it out from the website, and that will send it to uh, to us. You can even pick your host. Who do you want to send it to? Uh, and as you've heard today, we'll read it out on the show. Uh, on checkshotpodcast.com, by the way, just talk about that website for a second. You do have um, a link to our store where you can get your merch. Uh, it's only got one item on it, which is uh, PPV Cards Against Humanity. You can get that on, like, a sticker. Um we used to have the Prawn Michaels up there, and then WWE had it pulled for some bizarre reason. Uh, you can also get the entire back catalog of episodes. I think as far back as like episode 300, 200 something are on the website itself. Uh, but if you click on all, so chairshoppodcast.com slash all, that'll bring you to a repository where every single episode and every single artwork is, is stored. You can download that for free. Um and yeah we're obviously on we're on spotify we're on stitcher so whatever way you listen to us now there might be an easier way you might prefer to listen to us on spotify uh wherever you do listen if possible please make sure to leave a review uh a bad review give give us one star review and say the show sucked don't listen to it um no preferably a nice a nice review would be very 
nice. We do have some excerpts from our old blog, which are up there as well. Uh, Chairshotpodcast.com slash blog. Just to give an idea of some of the old writings we used to do. They're quite fun. Uh, and, they're, and they're lost forever. They're on a website that doesn't exist anymore. But I did find some old ones and put them up there. They are on there. Uh, you can find, follow us on Twitter at ChairshotPod. Not the ChairshotPod. Them's uh, bad folks. Don't listen to them. They're strangers. They lure you in the van with candy. Block them, if anything. But follow ChairshotPod. That's us, okay? Uh, we're also on Facebook. I don't know the euro. Chairshot Podcast on Facebook. <laughs> I think we have a link, link to the Facebook and Twitter on the website. So if you go to chairshotpodcast.com, everything's on there. Scroll to the very bottom. You have a link to like um, the Facebook, the Twitter, YouTube, the iTunes link. It's all on there. Um, and of course, Joe, you are on Twitter at Griff Tannen. That's right. I'm Paul Griffin CSP, which is also my Instagram. And uh, do we have anything else we need to say? Is that everything? Um, yeah, I think that's everything. That's a pretty. That, that's our, our annual plugs, our, our annual comprehensive plugs, where we actually plug everything. Um. So, Joe, you uh, maybe you may do the outro since I did the intro. How about that? Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back uh, hopefully next week. With the uh, the full the full cast and crew, uh, but for myself and for Mr. Paul Griffin, it's a good evening and have a fantastic week. And it's a good night from me, the Fink. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>